Do you know that one of the Springfield students, Natasha, has been accepted to UK and Asian universities such as Imperial College London, Warwick University, Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, Hong Kong University, and many more this year? Natasha will share her top UK and Asian universities application journey at Anifest 2022 on Saturday, 9th April 2022, 10 a.m. WIB. We will also reveal the secrets of top U.S. universities' applications. Come join us so you can be the next success story. On top of that, you can also earn admission essay topic suggestions by all in EduSpace expert mentors and earn our $5,000 worth admission mentoring scholarship just like Natasha. It's all free. Just grab your free ticket and submit for scholarships by visiting nfs.all-inedu.com for more information. Cari bimbingan belajar eksakta risinotif aja. Prepare your exam well. Cambridge, IB, or HSC with Sinotif, the best tuition center in Indonesia math, physics, and chemist specialist. Have you ever made like a robot? Yeah, of course. Like, I think from the first semester, we already have those projects. So, like, we made a wall phone. Welcome back to Spring Talks. This episode will be part of the alumni event. <clears throat> this is the second podcast from the alumni event. So today we will have a special guest with an alumni who is currently in Germany studying mechatronics, Janisha Sinclair. Is that my cue? Hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, so today's podcast host will be the two of us. Uh, this is me, Dylan from G11. I am Lynn and I'm from G9. And I'm Lynn or Winnie and I'm also from G9. Okay, uh, to start off, <clears throat> I heard that the teacher said that you achieved the highest mark in the world for IGCSE additional maths. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Can you tell us the, the story of how you did it? I think I got it for math, not a math, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know how it happened. But for me, I think in during IGCSE math, um, came pretty naturally up until IGCSE at least <laughs> it was still okay and um, yeah I was really happy that I get to get a full mark on it was it difficult I mean to achieve that high of a grade or for math it wasn't so hard for me at the time but a math a math is like another level a math is more difficult I didn't get that good on a math but thanks for acknowledging that I did get a good score on one of the maths. How do you feel? Like, you, like how do you feel? Do you feel, uh, you feel proud about getting the highest mark? I was really happy about it, yeah. Um, so I also came across your Instagram page and I found out that you went to Swiss German University. Is that your dream university? And can you tell us the story of like why you decided to take that major and university? Oh, it's actually not my dream university at all. So going back to like my high school days, I really wanted to study in Singapore. I applied to NUS and NTU, I think, at the time. 
And I think I applied for mechanical engineering or something. And I was so sure with the grades I had for like my high school report and stuff that I would get in. And I didn't have a backup plan. And then my mom was like, if you're not accepted in Singapore, I think you should have a backup university in Indonesia. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. I'm definitely gonna go in to Singapore. Like my grades are good enough. Um, but then she told me to apply anyway to Swiss German University, which is in BSD, in the BSD area. So I just went there, I took the test, I got accepted, but I didn't really care about the university because I'm like, I'm not gonna go there anyway. But long story short, I did not get into the one in Singapore really sad, really depressed actually at the time. And I don't know, cause I think during high school, all I wanted to do was just study in Singapore. So going to a local university broke my heart. It broke my dreams, my world was falling apart. And yeah, I took mechatronics engineering in SGU because I wanted to take mechanical engineering. So that's the closest thing that they offered in the university. Um, but after a week, like we had the orientation week in university, and then I saw there were a lot of student clubs and organizations available, and this, the people are also really fun, and there's also an internship in the sixth semester to Germany, and I'm like, okay, maybe campus life in a local university wouldn't be so bad after all, even if that was totally not my plan in the beginning. Yeah, so that's how I ended up there. Oh, that's cool. For university, which one do you think is more important? Education itself or building your connections? Um, definitely connections, but not only connections, but also what you do with your time during university. For example, um, I was very, very, very active in during university. I joined, like we had BEM, which is like this the like the student council of university. I also joined a lot of student clubs like traditional dancing or the debate club or also like from mechatronics we have our own events so I joined all those different committees and so basically I knew a lot of people from university and also um, grew when as I was doing those events and organizations and I also can say that now that I'm working still in the same field, in the engineering field, I'm only using like five or 10% of my knowledge in university. So I think education is important when you're in university, but at the end of the day, it's what, it's like the whole package. It's what you do with your time and not just what you learn in class. I see. Um, can you also tell us more about mechatronics since like personally, I also don't really know what it is like in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, I think it's also not a very common subject that people can take. So mechatronics is um, a combination of three main subjects or three main well, things versus the mechanical engineering aspect and then the electrical engineering and also the computer science or programming. So you don't get um, as deep as if you're only going to electrical engineering, for example, but you get like the surface knowledge of all of them. And I think the cool thing is you, you can combine that knowledge. And I think that combination of knowledge is very useful when you're going to work or if you go to a master's, then you can decide to go into one of them in, the, in more depth. So it's more to, well, simply put, mechatronics is like making robots, yes. Oh, have you ever made like a robot? Yeah, of course. Like I think from the first semester, we already have those projects. 
So like we made a wall follower project in the second semester. So it's like more team projects and stuff, but that's like the simplest one. The first one, yeah. And what type of robots did you build? So we had the wall follower. So it does what it sounds like it does. It follows the wall. <laughs> I mean, there are also competitions for line follower robots. So you have to program a robot where there's like a track with a line and then there are sensors underneath and then you just like, it has to follow. So when there's a turn, it has to automatically turn and you have to adjust the parameters and stuff. So we did it with a wall. So the, the robot will just follow a wall. So you know those things in, for example, restaurants like that sushi restaurant with the robot that delivers your meal to the table without anyone controlling it. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of a real life um, application or also in industries like, so we're trying to autom automatize, automate, automationize, aut what's the word? Aut aut automate, yeah, whatever. Automate everything. And so you don't want people pushing around things and putting things in, in storage, but you have robots that follows a certain track. And then if you just program it to, okay, put this item here and then it goes, then like puts it directly. So those are some real life applications of like the wall follower or line follower robots. We also made um, like a clapper light turning on, turning off thing. That's also a mini project. But once, and then we also make a self, like self-shooting catapult. Like it will scan the target, like how many meters away and then shoot directly. So that was like one of our bigger projects. We also had to make, make the catapult from scratch. Um, did you do a lot of coding? Um, during, <laughs> I can't stand myself. <laughs> during university or during work? Um, both. Both. Okay, during university, I hated coding, couldn't understand it. So the only reason I, I can pass my programming classes is because I was with my friend in a team and he can program. But during my practicum, during my internship in Germany, um, it's fully programming. And I was thinking that if I don't learn now, I will never ever learn programming. So from my internship, it was full programming and my job now is also full programming. And now I really like it, it's fun. So I don't know, during uni, the, it was the teacher's fault for not really teaching well, or I just didn't have the interest or the need to learn it at the time. But now I do it every single day. I just look at code. That's all I do. Yeah. You know, like for the code, if you, you use the rubber duck method. Oh, I just, I just found out what that is. And that's actually very useful, but I don't use a duck. I use my colleague. <laughs> So, so for, for those of you not in the coding world, uh, the rubber ducking is when you explain your code to a rubber duck so that you can find out what the problem is. So it's just like explaining the code to yourself so you can find out the problem. For example, you're stuck somewhere, there's an error and you can't figure out why. And, and that process of just explaining it to yourself is normally the, where you, oh, this is where it's wrong. Like there's a fault in the logic. But instead of a rubber duck, I have my colleague that I call every day. And so if I'm stuck, I just talk to him and he finds his answer by himself. And I'm just there and he's like, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm not doing anything, but I'm his rubber duck as well. So yes, we do do rubber ducking. It's a good technique. Uh, so like you're studying in Germany? 
Right now, yes, I'm taking my a part-time master's in electrotechnic or electrical engineering in a Fachhochschule in Germany. That sounds so fancy. Um, so like, <laughs> like, of course, you need to learn the language on a scale of one to 10. How fluent do you think you are? Uh, mm, <laughs> negative 0 0.5, is that possible? <laughs> Why? I think, <laughs> uh, I think I'm like a five or a six in German. Yeah, because I, I can hold a conversation in German, but my grammar is still pretty bad. And if we go into really technical, like vocabulary and formal, I don't know, tax reports, formal German stuff, it's still difficult. It's a whole other level. Like how, how long did it take you to like learn it until now? Did you like use Duolingo or something? Um, no. So during university, we had German class because it's like it's mandatory but I also took extra German lessons outside of university so that's for like five semesters but it's only once or twice a week so you get to a certain basic level but when you go to Germany all of that is just whoop everyone speaks so fast you don't understand anything so the first six months when I had my internship here I really learned the language like from scratch basically so you really need exposure. You, it's so different when you learn in class and you really go to a country that speaks then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so like, personally, was it like, um, was it hard for you to like learn and memorize all of the pronouns for the object in Germany? Because like everything's like either a girl or a boy and then it's hard. Yes, yes. can also be neutral. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I think the basic grammar was easy for me, but it, but language is so much more than just basic grammar. So I think just using it correctly is the hard part when you're talking and you. Yeah. But like, like when you first got in Germany, did like when you first met or teach or your friends, did people start speaking to you in rapid fire German and you just can't understand anything or? Yeah, of course. I mean, like, well, I think like once I, because I tried to tell them like, I speak German too. And then they're like, oh, really? And then they just talk, talk, talk. And you're just like, no, you don't actually know what they mean, but you're just like, yes, because you're Songkan, you're still Indonesian and you don't want to hurt their feelings and you just say yes. But then when they suddenly ask you a question and you just answer with yes, it's strange, but that happens. But strangers don't really talk to you. Germans don't do small talk. It's like the most common thing, like what's the most common thing you hear in Germany? Like, What's the most common thing? You mean like on the streets or? Yeah, like like what's, the, what's like the most frequently, like what's the most frequent word you hear every day, like in Germany? The most frequent word I hear, Moin. <laughs> so it's like Guten Morgen, it's like um, good morning. Just so when you pass by, because I live in like a dorf, I live in a village. When people pass each other by, we actually greet each other and they greet each other with hello or moin, guten morgen. So, yeah, that's pretty common to hear. But in the cities, nobody greets each other. It's a different world. Uh, do you know that one video of like, it's a comedy skit? So in the classroom, there's a German exchange student. It's like a preschool. So the teacher's like, what's five plus four? Like, tell me. And then... The student's like, I don't know, teacher. Can you tell me? Oh, she's like, oh, yeah, the answer is nine. 
like what and then so it's like german and he starts threatening her like hey like tell me what's the answer no it's nine what nine <laughs> no i haven't seen it but that that does make sense because nine means no nine <laughs> yeah um so after doing some research not stalking doing research uh we found uh -huh. out that you are uh you joined miss indonesia i mean i was actually pretty surprised when i found out uh can you tell us uh how uh can you tell us about the experience and how you manage your university life especially with all those activities yes so um in the first semester of university as i mentioned before i was very active in everything so like springfield was different back then we didn't have a lot of clubs there was almost no student organization so you guys are lucky you have these this like podcast stuff it's like a lot of things you can do other than study which is cool so when i first uh, in my first semester of university i'm like i'm just gonna try everything so one of my seniors actually told me hey again you're pretty tall there's a Miss Indonesia audition coming to SGU. You should just join because you're tall. I'm not tall enough. I can't join. I'm like, oh, okay, what is that? I was never into pageantry. I didn't know anything about it, but I had like one week to prepare for the audition. So I did my research and like, what is it actually? Like, what am I supposed to do? And then one day I show up to campus um, with makeup and heels. And mind you, in mechatronics, we were only two girls. There's only two girls in the whole batch of mechatronics. And I always just use like t-shirt and jeans and sneakers to school, to uni. So that day people were shocked. It was like, oh, she's actually auditioning. Yeah. I'm like, Let, let's just try. So I auditioned. So I went on the audition. It was in one of the classrooms. Somehow I went through the next round and the next round and the next round to the finals. And I got to top 15 for some reason. So that was how it's really just because I wanted to try new things. And it was a really, really interesting experience that opened up a lot of doors to like the entertainment industry. And um, how did I manage? Well, lucky for me, I guess that was in the semester. Oh no, I actually missed university. <laughs> but my university was happy about it because they can put it in their like uh, marketing that's like, oh, one of our students is like Miss Indonesia, blah, blah, blah. So they were, they were okay with it, but I had to catch up with a lot of uni work after that. Yeah. And then in semester three, we only had like two days off campus because we had our internship, our first internship in Indonesia. So I finished my internship earlier and I had those three days per week to go to castings and stuff. So the timing was pretty good at the time. I mean, congrats, uh, firstly, congratulations to you, but you, you know, were there, were there obstacles you had to overcome? I mean, was there a problem with your probably friends or families or probably was your grades dropping at that time? Uh, my grades did drop a little bit because I missed like two weeks of uni and that was like the weeks where we had all our quizzes and exams. But, but then after that, my grades got up again. So that, that was okay, I guess. Just had to put in more work. Just less sleep, I guess, during that time. Not a very good thing, but I guess once in your life, you probably should experience that hustling. Uh, would you say that you manage your time wisely, especially being a uh, Miss Indonesia and you know going to university or? Mm, it didn't really take up a lot of my time. Actually, more of my time was taken up in student organizations and such. So I think I handled my time pretty 
well, I also still had a social life, but I did lack sleep. So that, that's the part that's difficult. Okay, the most important question. Was the experience worth it or was it not? Oh, it was very, very worth it. It was very interesting. I mean, I learned that apparently I couldn't stand properly. <laughs> like I wasn't, wasn't standing straight, wasn't sitting straight. Um, it really taught me how to um, compose myself in front of the public and also makes me appreciate people like public figures because it's not easy always like showing always your good sides to people. And also it opens up doors to like more modeling things and jobs. So that was really nice, which is because that's also something I really wanted to go into and try out. Like random question, but like how did the audition go? Like what did you do? Like yeah. what did they ask you to do? <laughs> Curious. So in the very first audition, the one in campus, so like I, so they were just judging you basically you come in the room and they judge you right from how you look and stuff and then they ask you questions as they would well they ask you introduction questions like tell us about yourself what are you doing and they also ask like those um grand final questions like you have 30 seconds to answer this like what do you think about social media and then answer boom and then you have to just think of an answer on top of your head and in within 30 seconds so that kind of thing in the beginning Yes. And since you have some experience in modeling, could you tell us what motivated motivated you to join engineering instead of pursuing modeling or any other of your hobbies? Well, technically, during high school, I had a few majors in mind. I wanted to go to either psychology, film, or engineering. Having Asian parents, what do you think they chose? <laughs> yes, yeah, so basically, that was why, because... Also, my thought was like, if I go into engineering now, later on, I can just still do whatever I want. If I want to go into modeling or if I want to take business or whatever. But if I take, for example, film or psychology in my, as my bachelor's, I can't go into engineering if I change my mind. So I think engineering just gave me a broader option. And that was the best choice that I had at the time. Um, have you always dreamed to be an engineer since like you were young or did you dream to be like an actress or a model? I really wanted to be a YouTuber actually throughout school, <laughs> but you can't really go to university to be a YouTuber, can you? <laughs> so, but, um, but I, the thing is I have a lot of interests. I like a, a, a lot of different things. And as a kid, I wanted to be an inventor and being an engineer is the closest thing to being an inventor. So it's actually one of my one of my dreams, but I also have other things that I want to do. Yes. So like most of the people who are gonna listen to this podcast, like most of them wants to go to school abroad. Do you have any tips for those who are about to or currently away from their family? Like how do you cope with homesickness and stuff like that? How do you cope with homesickness? Well, the first time I was in Germany for six, seven months, I only felt homesick like once for a day, for an hour, and then that's it. Because I had so many things that I was doing, like I was traveling so much, um, I was trying out a lot of new things. So I think if you're abroad, just really make the most of the experience, because 
after you're done with it, you're going to miss it. So while you have it, then just really do everything that you want to try. If not now, then when? So of course, there are times when you miss home, then you would, I would call my parents, for example, just video call. I mean, thank God for technology. <laughs> Imagine if we went abroad like 20 years ago and you had to write, I don't know, paper mail and send it and comes in months but now with video calls i think that's also a good way to keep the communication going so like at least we don't send letters with like pigeons or something exactly so like my boat (laughs) how has living away from your family changed you like at first did you like like it or did it get worse as time goes on oh i the first time i lived alone i realized how I can't do basic things like buying groceries. I was so overwhelmed with my first grocery shopping. I'm like, what am I going to buy? What am I going to eat? And like, I realized I couldn't turn on the washing machine, even though it's only a few buttons. Now, now I know I know how, now I know how, but it was just like the, the very first time. And also like, I don't know, just fending for myself and just doing the basic necessities of life. And also in like abroad, you don't have, like in Indonesia, we have uh, sometimes so, but now you have to do all your chores yourself. You have to do grocery shopping. So I guess I matured as I live alone. And it is an experience that I really recommend everyone to have. Uh, okay. Was there a time where you regretted going so far away from Indonesia because of homesickness? Um. Yeah, especially when times get hard, like, especially during exam period. Oh my gosh, the stress is high. I miss people. I don't want to continue this. I just want to go home, obviously. It's hard. (laughs) But then again, like every time I call my parents and they're like, you're almost there. You've made it this far. You can just go on and finish it. And then if you want to go home after that, sure. But if you go home now, are you going to regret it later? The answer is always yes. So I think just having that in mind, just not wanting to regret things later, that keeps me going. I'd like to ask uh, some more questions about living abroad for school. I mean, was it easy to adapt to living alone in Germany? Like it's a whole new environment. It's different from Indonesia. Hmm. Well, in the beginning, I got really lucky. So like during my internship, so 2019, I have my first internship in Germany for six months. And I was actually living with a German family, a German couple. They had a spare room with who's actually my boss. <laughs> so like, he's like, yeah, we have a spare room. Do you want to just come live with us for free? Like, of course, like rent is expensive. And the fact that I can just live there and really be integrated in the German culture and really like be exposed to the German language and stuff I took on the opportunity and the so that really helped me adapt to like the cultural difference because they were with me like they were like basically my German parents and then the next year when I came back for my thesis I was still living with them for three months and then I moved to this house and so I think living with a German family helped me cope with the culture and now I still have also German friends so I think making friends is really important when you're abroad. That will help you deal with the culture shocks and homesickness. Was it easy to make those friends? Was it easy to make friends with foreigners? I mean, 
do they get do they get nervous when they see your, when when they see like your race you know since you're since we're all Asians well um I think my German best friend that's also like kind of like a coincidence so my boss's best friend's daughter is the same age as me and then so they kind of just like put us in a room together there be friends and somehow we did click so until now like for it's been three years and she's still my best friend because we have the same hobbies well like normal friends do and but for other friends mm, the thing with Germans is they really give you space so like when you're in a new friend group if we're in Indonesia then you bring a friend along that nobody else knows everybody's just gonna bombard this person with questions like oh my gosh hi where are you from where do you study oh do you know this this is it. it's always like that small talk but Germans they they probably just will ask for your name hi hi and then they will just continue with their own conversation and just leave you alone until you're comfortable enough to jump in but in the beginning I thought they didn't like me but that's not the case. They were just waiting for me to jump in on my own. So those kinds of things you do have to get used to because it's different. But they're actually really open. And Germans are very, very warm once you get to know them. They're very welcoming as well. I have a, okay, uh, this is kind of a personal question, but how do you deal with your living budgets? I mean, do you get an allowance or how does it work? I work full time, brother. I have money. <laughs> Yeah, but also during my internship, I was also paid. So it was a paid internship. And because I was living with Germans, so the living cost was low. But now I am working a full-time job. Um, so I do get full-time pay. And German pay is good pay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I also finance myself with my master's and where I live. Because and in, as a student in Germany, you get like a semester ticket, which is um, so you get free transport for your region. So that really helps. And German in Germany, education is basically free. So I pay only 250 euros per semester. So that's like what, four mil per semester for my master's? Yes, that is very interesting in Germany. Education is free. And coming back to your high school experience, I'd like to know what advice you would give to yourself back when you were in high school, if you were able to, like time capsule. When things don't go your way, chill out. God has better plans for you, trust him. Because I was so, so depressed when I didn't get into Singapore. But looking back, it's like all the experiences I had, all the friends I made, all the things I get to experience, Miss Indonesia, going to Germany, and now even like taking a master's and working here, None of those was planned. But if things had gone my way, for example, maybe I wouldn't end up here. Maybe I wouldn't be very happy. So like, even when things don't go your way, trust God's plans. It's always better. Chill. Chill. <laughs> I would tell myself to chill. Yeah, that's very reassuring. Yes, yes. Of course. Uh, I like following up <clears throat> on Lynn. Which subject did you take that really helped with your major? Like why and how? Well, because I'm taking engineering, obviously physics and math. So for my A-levels, I took physics, math, econ, and English. They didn't really help during uni. Well, English kind of helped. English helps even until now, actually. Like my German colleagues would actually tell me to translate things to English when, <laughs> and yeah. So I think language is always useful, but 
subject-wise, of course, the things that are most related to your major is useful. Well, like when taking your major, did you struggle or did you already know what you wanted do since the beginning? Or like, oh, like your major choices change in the middle or something? Mm -hmm. Well, I always question why I'm taking engineering ever since the first semester. <laughs> Up until I got my, I'm doing my thesis, I'm still wondering why am I doing this? Even when I'm taking my master's now, I'm still questioning why am I taking engineering? Um, yeah, but I think it's like, it's more to, well, this is what I have in front of me now, then I'm going to do my best. Also, I can still do my other hobbies on the side, like making videos or whatever else. So yeah, I'm actually not sure why I'm here, but at least engineering got me to this job and this job led me to being better financially also for my family. So everything has a purpose, even if you don't see it yet. Even if I don't see it yet right now. Which school phase, uh, if I can ask, which school phase did you like the most? I mean, you can pick a uh, high school, college, university, or even kindergarten, primary school, any. remember what happened in kindergarten well i think every each phase has their own like really interesting points i don't think i can i don't think you can compare them really but for example during high school i really i was in drop in the drama team so that was really fun it's like i always look forward to drama class and also during lunchtime we went to like the dance practice room and just i was just dancing with my friends during uni, I really liked all the organizations. Well, so I guess I like everything that is not related to the subject itself. <laughs> yeah, but I think every phase of life, there are always cool things and cool people. Uh, but in high school, did you, what would you have done differently? I mean, would you have like taken different subjects for your uh, IGCSE or ES&E? No, I think uh, I took the right subjects because I did enjoy them like econ, even though I don't really use it right now in my studies or in my work, but it gave me a better idea of what's going on in the world. Um, English, I enjoyed writing and physics and math were the only two things I wanted to do. I couldn't do bio and chem at all. Didn't have an interest in there. So I think I took the right subjects. Yeah. Um, I also found out that you make videos on TikTok about learning the German language and mm -hmm. culture. How do you come up with your videos and do you see yourself in the future pursuing it further as an influencer? Mm, that's a nice question. Uh, how I make my videos, it's basically from just what I experience day to day. I feel like other people are also experiencing those culture shocks or like um, language learning difficulties and I always I've always liked making videos so I whenever I experience those things I'm like ah this can fit in if I portray it in a video this way and then in a in an entertaining way of course it has to be funny and relatable I think that's my goal and in the future if this does take off I mean I'm starting to get like sponsorships and so like there is some economical benefits to, to doing this. And I really do enjoy it. So if it does take off, I would I would love to continue doing this. Yeah.
As you said earlier, you wanted to be a YouTuber. Do you think that you have achieved that goal like right now? Well, my YouTube is not growing as much as my Instagram and TikTok, so I would say not yet. But if in the future I continue to do it and it takes off, then I would also continue doing that. Best of luck for you. Thank you. Like, when did you decide you're going to start making the videos and were there any difficulties in the beginning? Yeah, well, before I made short videos, I was making long-form YouTube videos for a year. So I really consistently uploaded every week. The difficulty was... Um, it takes me seven to 10 hours per video for, per 10 minute video to edit. And then only having 20 views, 10 of which comes from my parents. So it was really hard to put in so much effort into something you really enjoy and not having any results. But I think during that, that, that one year, I really learned a lot of new editing skills and stuff. And I think that transferred to when I'm now making shorter videos. I also like know the audience better and can be more consistent because like even when I didn't have an audience, I could be consistent. Now that I do have an audience, then it's easier to keep going. That is it for us. Um, thank you so much, Janisha, for, for spending some of your time to be in this podcast. And yeah, also thank pleasure. you to our amazing sponsors, Sinotif and All In, for making this event possible. Have a good day. Thank, Thank you. you. Goodbye. Bye. What are your fears of going into university? You guys are in G9, G10. Like, what are you most afraid of? Going into a major I don't want. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to say this out loud. Well, it's okay. So it's totally fine. What, what do you think is the worst thing that can happen if you go into the wrong major? Like, it just goes to having a job I don't want. Mm-hmm. Working somewhere I don't want to. And then that's like, oh, no, I'm going to waste my life. Mm. Well, your, what you take in uni as your major, that's not the end of the line. I, you know, the smartest guy in my class in mechatronics, you know what he's doing now? He's the CEO of a digital marketing firm, a successful one. Does that have anything to do with Megatronics? Not at all, but he's smart. But he just chose another path that he's passionate about and he's successful in that. For me, for example, I'm taking Megatronics and now I, if I do content creation and I become like a, I don't know, TikToker or whatever, well, I, I, you can. Like, you don't have to stick with that the rest of your life. And even if you want to change your major halfway or if you want to take a different master, well, who's stopping you from doing that? So it's, it is daunting and scary to think that if I don't get into a good uni, into a major that I like, my life's ruined. It's not. It's really just a part of life and you can change. You choose what you want to do. You don't have to get it all figured out. I mean, I'm 23 and I don't have my life figured out. I still don't know what I'm doing here. So it's fine. But you can still experience a lot of cool things along the way. What about Lynn and Dylan? What are you afraid of? About uni? Yeah, about uni, about life. Probably like midway. Like I probably just like regret taking that degree. 
that happens. <laughs> well, yeah, that's also okay. You can just change major. I think most unis are, and then you will take one or two years longer, but it's nothing life-threatening or anything. What about Lynn? Uh, oh, yeah, ask, uh, was was your ESG it's like really high or is it like average? My what? Like your ES grades. What what's an ES? Oh wait. I wait. Did you take G eleven and G twelve or oh AS AS level? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well I got oh what did I get? I think I got one A star three A's for A level. I think, and then I think my IGSCSE was six A stars, two A's, if I remember correctly. Something like that. Or was it like three A's, one B? I, I don't know, some, somewhere along those lines. What about Lim? What are you afraid of? <laughs> How the tables have turned. I'm asking the questions now. <laughs> I'm also actually afraid of taking the wrong major because I don't have like a solid hobby or like passion. And I'm also, I'm actually really close with my mom. So I find it kind of hard to spend like time. I mean, like just like not be around her. Mm. Yeah. Homesick probably. Mm. Are you planning on going abroad? Yeah, I'm planning to go to Australia. Mm. College. Yeah, well, 